Ephesians chapter 2 is where we're going to be this morning. We'll be talking about grace today. We're going to talk about grace today. And so, if you would please stand for the reading of God's Word. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to read verses 1 through 9. I'm going to focus mainly on verses 8 and 9 today, but uh, I want us to get a good context of what's going on here uh, that the Apostle Paul is writing. So, Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 1, the Word of the Lord says this, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incom incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. God, thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. Thank you that you're so good to us. And Father, I pray, Lord, that your hand would just be on me. Lord, that you would speak through me. It would not be my words spoken, but yours. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would be glorified in all things. That those who would have an ear, let them hear the declaration of your word today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> At the very cornerstone of our faith, is this understanding of grace. That every single one of us has to understand the grace of God. In order for us to actually have salvation, we have to understand grace. It's very important. And I think this morning, I just kind of want to unpack really the, these last two verses, but I want to specifically just focus on our understanding of grace. Paul, he's writing in this passage to the church of Ephesus, and he's telling his audience of believers what it means to be saved. He, he says, this is who you were, right? Those first seven verses, this is who you were. You were dead in your transgressions and sins, but it's by the grace and mercy of God that you have been saved. It's through what Jesus did on the cross that you have been saved, even when you are still dead. The grace of God was still for you. How incredible that is to understand the grace of God. See, grace is really this understanding of, of I mean, if you look at it as an acronym, it's God's riches at Christ's expense, G-R-A-C-E. If you want to just write that down somewhere, all right, I'll give that one to you for free. But it's grace. It's, it's receiving something that we don't deserve. Reality is, is that we don't deserve salvation and yet it's freely given to us through Christ because of the great grace of God. Verse 8, we see that there's a reiteration going on in verse 8 and we could just leave those two verses up there, that'd be great. 
This verse is a reiteration of verse 5. Verse 5 says, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. It's another reiteration, this understanding that you are saved by grace. We're saved through God's grace. It's God's grace that sent Jesus to die for us. Nothing but the grace of God that sends his only son. Right? I mean, yes, he loved the world, but part of God's love is his grace. That the love of God given to us fully and unapologetically is part of his grace. We don't deserve that. And yet he gives it to us fully. In the same way, that's who Jesus was. He was the embodiment, the act, the full act of the grace of God. That God, full of grace, sent his son so that we could have relationship with him. Something that we do not deserve, but we now get. That is grace. And it continues on. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith important for us to understand that grace specifically the grace of God is only fully accepted through faith in God we cannot fully accept the grace of God unless God unless we put our faith in him it does not work if we're only halfway a believer that doesn't work there's no such thing as that it is by grace through faith that we are saved. This idea, this is a common idea by grace through faith. You, you see it first show up in Scripture in Acts chapter 15 where they're, they're in the council of Jerusalem. And they're having this conversation of what does it take to have the grace of God? What does it take for us to actually be saved? Because they were, there were Jewish believers that would come up and they would say, you have to be circumcised in order to be saved. You can be saved by grace, but you also need to show that you're saved by being circumcised. Therefore, if you're not circumcised, you're not saved. And then the others... Mainly, Paul and Barnabas came up and they gave an argument to sit there and say, Gentiles are getting saved. God has opened up salvation, not just for the Jew, but also for the Gentile. He has completely opened up salvation for all of the world. And it was in that moment in Acts chapter 15 that they finally came to this conclusion that it was, no, it's by grace through faith alone that you are saved. This first understanding that we have, we are no longer under the law. It's not something that we can do in order to earn the grace of God. It is freely given. Romans 3.25 says, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. We receive grace, the grace of the atonement of Christ by faith. Galatians 2.16, Paul continues to write this common idea, this common theme through Paul's writings. Galatians 2.16, know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. It says faith in, faith in there three times. How do we accept fully the grace of God? By faith. 
These two phrases, the idea here that's being used in verse 8 and then throughout really scripture is these are two inseparable things. It's like peanut butter and jelly. Like you can't, like nobody wants a peanut butter sandwich, right? Let's just be real, okay? And a jelly sandwich, that's a little weird, right? We want that, the peanut butter and jelly. It's, it's, this, it's this perfect combination, grace and faith. We must have it. They're inseparable of each other. You cannot fully have the grace of God without having faith in God. If you have faith in God, then you have the grace of God. Understand? And then finally, verse 8. It's not from ourselves, but it is a gift of God. The grace of God is a gift. Now, I think some of us, when we think gift, we think of strings attached. Like anybody ever have one of those family members that like buys you something really nice? And then they're like, but you have to do it this way, right? Like, let's say just, you know, somebody comes up and they're like, I'm going to buy you a brand new car. And then they're like, oh, you're putting a little bit too many miles on it. Like, you, you probably should get that thing washed at least once a week. And it becomes a gift that has strings attached. That's not a gift. It, it isn't at that point. It's just, you've just given me something, and there's, but there's strings attached to this. It's not really a gift. But the gift of God is, if you have faith, it's freely given to you. If you have faith in God, it's freely given. And then in verse 9, this is the whole point of this entire passage. It goes hand in hand with verse 8. You can't have verse 9 without verse 8. The grace of God can't be bought, not by works so that no one can boast. You cannot buy the grace of God. It's only by faith that we receive it, not by what we've done, not by our past, not by what we will do. It is simply by the faith that we have that gives us the grace of God for salvation. Your salvation is not about your work. It's about His work. What He's done. It's important for us to know this. Because I think you know, a lot of us, we struggle with grace question I have for us this morning is, do you accept the gift of grace? And I think if we were actually being real with each other, a lot of us would say no. It's unfortunate that we come to this place, but I think a lot of us would say no. We don't fully accept the gift of grace. And that's not to sit there and say that you're not, you don't have faith. I just think you struggle. I think we all struggle. Me also struggle with grace and so I, I think there's a few things that would cause us to struggle with grace have the wrong viewpoint of grace not fully accept the gift of grace because the, the reality is is that fully accepting grace fully accepting this gift of grace our lives change 
That's whenever scripture writes about if we're in Christ, we're a new creation, that we're, our minds are being transformed. All of those things are because we fully accepted the gift of grace. That grace, when grace washes over us, we become a new creation. We become made new. That's why there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Why? Because we're all under grace. And yet, we don't want to accept it. Here's a couple things. If you feel like your actions... I think I've alluded to this, but feel like you have to earn God's grace, God's favor. You know, this is that mentality of when Jesus writes the parable of the, the prodigal son. And it's that mentality of the older brother. Where he's angry at the father because he's done everything and the father owes him. And in the depths of some of our hearts, that's exactly who we are. That we would say, we put, in, in other words, it's going to sound really harsh, but some of us, we put God in our debt. We sit there and say, God, we did these things. Isn't it great? Do you love me now? Father, I came to church every single week. I served. I, I was here at every single work day. And I was, I was just going and, and I was serving as much as I could. And I gave and I gave and I gave. And all of these things. Do you love me now? Can I have your grace? As if we've earned it. Isaiah 64, 6. For all of us have become like one who is unclean. And all our righteous deeds are like a filthy garment. And all of us wither like a leaf. And our wrongdoings like the wind take us away. Hear me. I love you. Your good works and your righteousness will not save you. You can live a moral life and go to hell. You can keep all the commands of God. Never broke a commandment and go to hell. Why? Because the grace that saves you cannot be earned. It's already been paid for. And some of us, we struggle with that in our hearts. Because let's just be real. We live in a society where there's no such thing as a free lunch. Right? Like if somebody else does something, then it's like, okay, they're going to they're gonna call in a favor sometime. Like I owe them for something. And the reality is, is that that's not the way that God works. And, and we have to break our mentality, break our thinking of that, that that because of all the great things that God has done, we have to earn those great things. And the reality is, is all we have to do is have faith. And the grace of God is poured out on us. 1 Corinthians 15, 9-10, Paul is writing 
to the Corinthian church about his apostleship. And he says, for I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. So he's saying, I'm an apostle, but I'm the least of all of them. Like Peter's all the way up here. I'm all the way down here. He says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. What he's doing is putting up a scoreboard and saying, hey, you know, Peter, I'm better than him. I was the least apostle, but I worked harder than Peter. I worked harder than John. I worked harder than Bartholomew. I worked harder than all of them. And he's saying, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Why, did I, why have I worked harder? Not because of me, but because of God's grace. Because of what God has done through me. Because of God's power working through me. It is simply by grace. It's nothing that I could ever earn. It is by grace. So unfortunate sometimes that we sit there and we... Man, we have this mentality of, I can earn it. If I just, you know, the sad thing is, is young pastors fall into this thing. And I understand that I'm a young pastor, but hey, they fall into this thing of, I'd rather have a platform than the presence of God. And I'd rather pursue the platform. I'd rather pursue the hype. I'd rather be speaking to hundreds and thousands of people than, than just simply 80 as if we can earn, as if God thinks. <laughs> as if God would sit there and say, you know, this guy that was preaching to thousands, he's way better than you. But we pursue the presence of God and then we sit there and say, it's not by me, it's by him. It's only by his grace that I'm here. It's only by his grace that we serve. It's only by his grace that any blessings come down to us. And we can't earn that. You never, you can live your whole life trying to earn it and you, it will never add up. And vice versa, God doesn't keep score either. There's only one check. There's only one box. Faith. Have faith, boop, okay, we're good. You have my grace. It's not a, oh, well, you know what? I mean, there's 365 days in a year. You started your one-year Bible. You're still in Habakkuk. I mean, I, I gotta kinda, you won't get as much grace. No. You know, you, you've prayed every single day for 10 minutes at least, but this day you only prayed for eight. So man, you don't get as much grace as you should. No, it's just the grace of God given to us freely by faith that we have this. And so some of you this morning, we're going to have an opportunity at the end, but some of you this morning, man, you, you need to break this. You need to allow the Lord to wash his grace over you to pour his grace out upon you you need to accept that you're not going to earn it 
nothing you do that will earn the grace of God. But for having faith. So that's the first thing I think. Oftentimes, we feel like our actions put God in our debt, that he owes us something. The reality is, he owes us nothing. The second thing, and I think this is probably more so those who are believers, is you have a hard time showing grace. It's really, really difficult to accept grace fully if we don't show grace. And the, un- the unfortunate thing is that oftentimes the people who have experienced the most grace of God show the least grace. Stinging yet? I'm talking about you. Sometimes the people that have been saved, that have experienced the wonderful joys of the grace of God are the first people that will write you off and not show you any grace. So unfortunate. And what that indicates to our hearts is that you have not fully accepted grace because you can't fully give it. Somebody wrongs you. Man, somebody says something about you. Ah, get rid of them. Get them out of here. We don't want them here. You have trouble forgiving them. You have trouble showing them grace. The question is, is How many times has God forgiven you and shown you grace? At this one time, this one person hurt you. Poor thing. And yet, you break God's heart every week. And you expect him to give you grace. But you can't give it? Maybe it's, man, you jump to conclusions about people. One small little thing, and all of a sudden, you know, you just jump to conclusions. You don't give anybody the benefit of the doubt. You know, sometimes people just mess up. It is what it is. But instead of being like, "Ah, you know, what, what went on here? What's going on? You know, just trying to understand what you do is like, you hate me. Horrible. The world is ending. You have shunned me. No. It's just an honest mistake. But if we jump straight to conclusions without giving the benefit of the doubt, that's a, that's a sign that we don't show grace. Maybe we're just really harsh on people. But we have this high standard of whatever somebody should be. And they fall short of that standard because not even you can reach up to that standard. And they fall short of that standard and you write them off without grace. It's awful quiet in here. Another part of showing grace is, man, maybe it's showing grace to yourself. God's You mess up once. And it's not everybody else around you that's the hardest on you. It's yourself. This goes back to the identity thing we talked about last week. 
but you're so hard. Man, you, you preach, maybe it's like, I, I preached one time, it was a horrible failure. It was the worst. I'm never preaching again. I tell students that whenever I, I first preached, and any intern or anything that would, that would preach for me, I told them my, my first opportunity to preach, I was supposed to preach for 35 minutes. I said what I would have said in 35 minutes in 16. I was blasted through it. And we're like, all right, well, we still have time to, I don't know, like, we can go out to coffee, come back, and church will still be in, in session over in big church, you know, kind of thing, because I was preaching to students. There's a moment where I'm like, man, this stinks. Why in the world? Right? Versus and one of the leaders that I talked to, she was like, hey, that, that was needed. And what you said, you didn't belabor the point. You just went in, you said what you needed to say, and God moved. I was like, all right, like, we're good. And show myself some grace. And again, man, if, if God has poured out his grace on you through your faith, then surely you can show grace as well. Surely you can not just give others grace, but also yourself. Aren't you tired? Trying to be perfect? Real, like, real talk. Are you tired? Aren't you tired of having everybody else at this super high standard and they never reach it? And you're just angry and bitter? You fully accepted grace. Look, we all one day will stand before the Lord and have to give an account. Because I'm your pastor, I'll be judged harder. We all stand before the Lord. That means that the Lord holds the standard for us, not me, not you. And so I just, I just wonder... How many of us in here actually struggle with fully accepting grace? And some of us, I think you've been a believer for a really long time. And you still think that what you do will earn God's grace. This is the beauty and the wonder and the glory of God. That he can offer us salvation. Not at our expense, but at his. We accept the gift of grace today. More in you can come. I just want to spend a few moments, and we're just going to open up the altars, and man, if you need to have some time with Jesus. And I'm serious about this. Like, I know, and let me just be real for a minute. I, I know that um, we may not have been necessarily or are an altar church. But at the same time, and, and I, I don't know why that is. 
I don't know why we're afraid to come to the altar and have an encounter with Jesus. I'm not sitting here and saying that you can't have an encounter with Jesus in your chair. That's not what I'm saying. But something changes. Something happens when we get up and we step out. That doesn't happen when you just sit in your chair. And so I'm just going to give an opportunity for us, really, to fully accept or recalibrate our hearts and our minds on accepting the grace of God fully. Because there have been some of you in here that have been working your butt off to earn the grace of God. Some of you have been continuously over and over and over again in your mind thinking that you have to earn what it is that's been freely given. This morning, now is the time for you to have an encounter with Jesus and fully accept the grace of God, not because of what you've done, but because of what he's done for you. And now is that time for that. Not, hey, you know what? You go home and you might think about it. Remember when I said, by fully accepting the grace of God, our lives change. Like we live differently. By you fully accepting the grace of God, you live differently. I want you to experience that grace. Right now, I believe there's some of you in here where the Holy Spirit is tapping on your heart. Saying, hey, that's you. You can have this grace. You can accept this grace. You can experience this grace. But you have to move. There's some of us in here. I'll get out of the way. Some of us in here, man, we are struggling with forgiving someone. We are struggling with seeing someone in a certain way. We are struggling with forgiving ourselves. And you need the grace to be able to show grace. In the Beatitudes, Jesus says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. It's the same with grace, though, people. Blessed are those who've been shown grace because they can show it. It's not in the Bible anywhere, but that's an idea of the Bible, all right? But if that's you, I want to accept the grace of God. Or maybe you sit there and say, I just need to recalibrate. I need to, I need to change my line of thinking. I need, I need the Lord to pour out his grace on me. All you have to do is have faith. And so I would encourage you and challenge you, step out. The altars will be open. Step out, come forward. This isn't about us looking at you or any of those things. Scripture says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. We're not judging you. We're applauding the fact that you're coming forward and saying, I need God. Because that's exactly what we need. All of us are in need of grace. Some of us have accepted it fully. 
Some of us, probably all of us, struggle with accepting it fully. It's an everyday thing to accept fully the grace of God. It's by grace through faith that you're saved. It's by grace through faith that you see a life that is blessed by God. So if that's you, again, altars are open. I'll come up and finish out in prayer. But if that's you, you just want to, Man, you need to have a, a heart change. You need to have a moment with Jesus, an encounter with Jesus that changes the way that you've accepted grace, that you now fully have accepted grace. Don't leave this place without having your heart right in accepting and knowing fully the grace of God. Don't leave this place without it. Your life will be changed. I want you to experience that. So if that's you, come forward. Altars are open. We're just going to spend some time with Jesus.